Hi, my name is Joel Knox. I'm the senior pastor at the Vineyard Church of Brenham in Brenham, Texas. I'm so glad you're interested in our podcasts. This media is completely free to you, so you can share it with anyone else, however you'd like. Our church is located at 1401 South Bluebell Road in Brenham at the corner of Tom Green Street next to the Bluebell Creamery and across from the Bluebell Aquatic Center. You can also find us on the web at vineyardbrenham.org and on Facebook and Twitter at Vineyard Brenham. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Well, good morning. That was the song So Good Seeds, recorded by Mavis Staples on her ninth solo studio album, One True Vine. It was released in 2013. Those of you who are familiar with the Staples singers, you might remember Mavis Staples started her singing career at the ripe old age of 11. In 1950, And she was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1999 and the Blues Hall of Fame in 2017. And as you can see there, she's still going strong. And every now and then you might hear us play that song. It's part of our, what we call our bumper music. You just listen for it. It's kind of one of my favorites. But I'm continuing our series in the Gospel of Mark today. And... The title of my message is The Parable of the Soil. And this song, it really kind of goes along with it, talking about sowing seeds. That's all part of having a harvest. If you don't plant seeds, you can't expect anything to grow. It's just a a law of how things work. Well, our text today is from Mark chapter 4. And we'll begin in verse number 1. Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. A very large crowd soon gathered around Him. So He got into a boat. And He sat in the boat while the people remained on the shore. And He taught them by telling them many stories in the form of parables. Such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. And as he scattered it across his field... Some of the seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock, and the seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it, had not, it did not have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants so that they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell in fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as what had been planted. And then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Well, if you're a concrete thinker kind of like I am, stories and parables are really helpful. Especially whenever you start talking about abstract concepts. In the, the almost 28 years that Danelle and I have been married, she has developed something that she calls Joel speak. 
<laughs> and what she does is that she comes up with these word pictures that help me understand things that are abstract. Abstract things, they, it, you can tell me, and they just kind of just, just go by. But if, if, I can, if I have a picture, if I have a story, if I have something that helps, helps me understand, then I can get it. And that was essentially what Jesus was doing with the parables. Parables utilize pictures, metaphors, or similes that extend them into a brief story to help make a point or explain a concept or a principle. And it's often an abstract principle so that people can understand it. Mark said that Jesus taught by using parables nearly all the time. Very similar to the one that I just read for you. And when we're talking about parables, we need to understand that there's a difference between a parable and an allegory. Because a parable has a single point, and it's trying to, to get across a, a particular idea. An allegory is almost, it tries to explain it, but it, it, it adds a lot more details, and it makes comparisons sometimes that are not even helpful to getting the point across of a particular story. So Jesus used these parables... And I think on this particular day, after Jesus told this story, and you've got to understand, we've had a, a 2,000 years of context, so we can, we can understand, well, Jesus is naturally talking about how, how things work in, in terms of people hearing the gospel and all that sort of thing. This is all Jesus told them that day. He just explained what would, would happen whenever a farmer would go out and, and plant seed. So I can imagine if we were in the crowd that Jesus was speaking to that day, and He got through telling this story, we'd all be looking at each other and, and kind of looking like, uh, what, did, what did that mean? What was He trying to say? What was the point of that story? What's He even talking about? We came out to listen to this. He's telling us about planting seeds. What, what does this have to do with anything? Well, Mark continues his account of what happened that day. In verse 10, Later when Jesus was alone with the twelve disciples and with the others who had gathered around, there was always others who were hanging around, they asked Him, what do these parables mean? And he replied to them, You're permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God. But I use parables for everything I say to outsiders so that the Scriptures might be fulfilled. When they see what I do, they will learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they will turn to me and they'll be forgiven. Well, Jesus told His disciples that, that these parables will unlock the secrets of the kingdom. What I'm telling you is, is going to be foundational for what, what you do as my disciples. But it wasn't going to be clear to everybody. 
And to help make his point, Jesus quoted this passage from the prophet Isaiah. And if you'd like to read this passage, it's Isaiah chapter 6, and you can get the, the full context of what he was referring to whenever he talked to his disciples. That could be a little bit of homework if you want to do something this afternoon. But in this passage, the prophet referred to the people's lack of understanding specifically in terms of not recognizing what God was currently doing. And it was God's judgment because they couldn't recognize it. They didn't understand what God was doing. In other words, and this is what we were talking about last week, God had given them over to hard hearts. They weren't receptive. And even if they were receptive, they just weren't understanding because they weren't on God's wavelength. And Jesus used this as a warning to His disciples to guard your heart. And it's a warning for us too. Don't let our hearts get hard towards God. I think we all have to, have to take that into account and remember that it's very easy. We can, we can get hard. We can get callous. We can, we can get distant and, and not really even do anything to get in that place. Well, in verse 13, Jesus said to them, If you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other ones? The farmer plants the seed by taking God's Word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message, only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. And since they don't have deep roots, they don't last very long. And they fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's Word. And the seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's Word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of life, the lure of wealth, the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. And finally, the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's Word and it produces a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 times as much as has been planted. Now notice what Jesus said. If you don't get this one, you're not going to get the rest. And this analogy of seeds and soil is really important, which is why Jesus spelled it out with such specificality. That wasn't one in my notes, but I was... I, anyway, bad choice of words. That's why he was so specific about it. And so, just to look at these real quick, just to make sure we understand, the farmer, who is God the Father, scatters the seed. And the seed that he is scattering is God's, God's Word, His truth across His property, which is the world. And that seed falls into four different places. The first one is the footpath. And this is where the seed gets stolen by birds. And that represents Satan taking the opportunity to receive the Word from those who are 
who are ready to receive it. And then there's the reference to the rocky ground. This is where the seed sprouts, but it can't put down roots because there's rocks underneath. Have you ever tried to plant something that, that you found out that there's something underneath and it doesn't let it grow roots? It's kind of like out here in our parking lot. We have all this grass that, that grew up over the parking lot. Well, you can go out there if you want to with a, with a rake and you can pull that right up just because it doesn't have any deep roots. And what Jesus refers to is, is discouragement for these people who, who don't have a deep, a, a deep root, a deep core in Jesus. This, this discouragement prevents the Word from taking root, from bearing fruit in their lives. And then He makes a reference to the thorny ground where the, the growth of the seed is literally choked out by the growth of other things around it. Maybe you've seen that happen, where something is growing and something else grows around it and it just kind of takes over. I mean, you see that on old trees that have the, have the moss and stuff that grows on it. Eventually, that sucks the life out of that tree and it dies. And Jesus said that the desire for things of the world, the things that, that, we, that we desire that are really other than, than what pertain to God's kingdom crowds out the influence of the Word in a person's life. And then finally, he makes a reference to the good soil, where the seed grows, and this is where it bears fruit. And then this is what God wants for everybody, for everybody to bear fruit, to bear the fruit of righteousness, to bear the fruit of, of the Word of God in our lives, in order to be able to testify of, of what, what good God has done for us. So, what, what do we take away from this parable? Well, there are a few things that I want to share with you in just the few minutes that we've got here before, before we go. And the first thing is, the farmer, who is God, sows widely in expectation of a big harvest. Now, in the ancient Middle East, the farmers didn't always have the means to go out and plow their field and prepare it completely in order to receive the seed that they were planting. They might work a particular space and they would get that particular area ready, but there might be a place where briars were and there might be a place where they were, they were close to a road and whatnot. And whenever they, they went out to plant, they were pretty indiscriminate about how they did it. They have a bag, and they'd have the seeds on, and they would just throw the seed out. And this is what Jesus was referring to. They're just throwing the seed out. And sometimes it landed on good soil. Sometimes it landed on the footpath. Sometimes it landed among thorns. Sometimes it landed in places where there, there, there was rock underneath that soil, and it wasn't good. But the idea that the farmer had going in to sowing the seed was that he wanted to have a great harvest. And in order to have a great harvest, he had to spread a lot of seed. And so he spread it all over his property in anticipation of receiving a good crop. The Apostle Paul wrote in his first letter to Timothy, I urge you first of all to pray for all people. Ask God to help them 
Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and for all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and it pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, and that's the man Jesus Christ. He gave His life to purchase freedom for everyone. The truth is that God's Word has always been going out. It went out from the beginning. John testified that Jesus was was the Word and in, in, in the beginning, the Word was God. The Word was with God. It was constantly, it has always gone out from God to the world. And that's because God wants everyone to be saved. Well, the second thing I want you to see is that the seed, the Word, bears fruit wherever it goes. Seed has one job. One job. You've heard that heard people say those things. You had one job. Well, the seeds have one job. And that was to start new growth. Several months ago, when we started buying from the little farmer's market that they deliver up here at the church, I don't know how many of you have signed up for that, but, um, but we started getting all these organic fruits and all these organic vegetables, onions and potatoes and stuff. Well, we, we started getting so many that we, we really couldn't eat them all, and so we, Danelle started sitting them in this, this, this bowl that was by a window in our kitchen. And she had some potatoes. It started with potatoes, and then it turned into onions and garlic and all kinds of stuff that we got. But she just left it there in, in the window, didn't do anything with it, and that potato started growing little arms. And, and, it, and, and I, I'm not kidding. The, the onions were really something to watch. They, they, had, they, they grew something like this long on, on the onions. When we, just, we didn't even use the onions. We just cut the ends of the, of the onion off, and it would grow some more. They just kept growing, and, and we didn't have to do anything about that. We just set them there in the bowl and just watched them grow. And right now, we've got li- these little buds growing on garlic, and they're th- these cloves that are, that are really big, and they're growing. But that's what the seed does. And every plant that is from a seed has seeds in it. And so whenever those seeds are removed from the, the plant or removed from, from that, that particular fruit or vegetable, they produce fruit. That's the way God designed it. And the circumstances don't have to be ideal. You can just leave the seed there and it'll try to grow. It, it, may be, it may be too dry and it'll try to grow and then and it really can't. And then again, if it, if it has, if it's in a cool, damp spot, who knows what will happen, you know? The seeds just need an opportunity. They're just waiting for an opportunity to do what they do and then they just start growing. Now, the quality of the fruit depends a lot on a lot of different things, especially the soil, which is what this parable is about. But ultimately, the seed, 
whenever it is sown, it does just what it's supposed to do. And the prophet Isaiah described it like this. In Isaiah chapter 55, the rain and the snow come from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow to produce the seed for the farmer and and the bread for the hungry. And it's the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to. And it will prosper everyone, everywhere I send it. You see, that's something we can count on. The Word will produce fruit. It it doesn't depend on us. Anytime that, that we speak the Word of God, it doesn't return to us void. It accomplishes everything that God expected it to do from the very beginning. It produces fruit. Well, the third thing I want you to see this morning is that if we change the soil, we'll yield a better fruit. A good farmer works the soil to make it better. Applying fertilizer, plowing it up just to just to stir it up so that the, the dry stuff gets mixed down with the wet stuff and you know and, and dig up the roots, digging up the rocks, getting the plants out of the way that, that might choke whatever, whatever seed is, has been planted. The work in the soil is what makes for a better crop. And a bad field doesn't necessarily have to stay bad. With a little bit of work, with tending the soil... It can be made to a place where it can actually produce a good crop. It just needs some work. I don't know how many of you remember what our house looked like when we first moved in, but we, it, it looked like a jungle in our front yard. We've, we had a few trees, and then um, we had the, the previous owners... They liked ginger, a lot of ginger, and, and it smells great. But whenever we moved in, we had, a, had a, a crop of ginger in our front yard, I kid you not, that was taller than I am. And it was like a little jungle, you know? If you, if, if you saw the, the movie um, Secondhand Lions, you remember that? You know, the, the lions are going into the, into the cornfield because that reminded of the jungle. Well... Because of all this ginger that was in our yard, it looked like a jungle, especially in the front yard. And you could hardly even see the house. Well, the first winter that we were here, we moved in in April, and then that winter, I think it was probably late December, early January, we had a really hard freeze. Y'all remember that? Well, all of that ginger died. And, And it was awesome. I thought it was great. I was out there in the yard and I was raking it up and a guy came by and, and, and gave me a deal to, to haul it off. I thought I was done with ginger. Well, a few months later, the weather started changing and then ginger's coming up. And so I went out and I'd, I'd, I'd get it with the weed eater and run over it with the lawnmower and it still kept coming up. And I had to get out on my, my hands and knees and how many of you remember Marty who used to go to church here? There's a few of you. 
he's our neighbor. He lives across the street. Well, I went from working with a, with a shovel to a hatchet. And I was on my hands and knees just whacking on, that, on, on, those, on those roots. And some of them were really deep. And I'd pull them out, and they were in these big chunks. Well, I think I finally got rid of all of them. I, I, I think I did. I think I did, Earl. I, I haven't, haven't seen any come up yet. But I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I worked hard on this, this place in the yard. Well, you know what happened? The, the whole time that I was trying to, trying to deal with the ginger where all those roots were in place, I couldn't grow any grass in that spot. And it, it was just bare ground. Well, I took care of those roots, and lo and behold... I've got grass that's growing up in those, that spot. And, and I'm, I'm, my, my front yard in that area is almost completely covered with grass. But it took a lot of work. It took preparing the soil. In this case, chopping out these roots that went, you know, a couple, couple of feet down in, in a couple of places. But that's what the farmer does. He works the soil to make for a better crop, to make for better fruit. Now, I've been doing a lot of, a lot of study around the topic of spiritual formation in the last couple of years. And it, that's the process of becoming more like Christ. And some of the terms that you see around that, that, that topic of spiritual formation... We talk about things like spiritual disciplines. And we talk about spiritual transformation. Well, the concept of that is, is the more that we respond to God in obedience, that obedience bears fruit in us. Jesus said if we love Him, we'll obey Him. And the more we respond to His leading with obedience the more we will become like Him. And that's the process of spiritual transformation. In Peter's second letter to the early church, he described what this process looks like in some pretty practical terms. He said, and this is in, in 2 Peter chapter 1, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. And moral excellence with knowledge. And with knowledge, self-control. And self-control with patient endurance. And patient endurance with godliness. And godliness with brotherly affection. And brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Spiritual formation is God working in us to make us more like Jesus. Just like the farmer works the soil to produce a better crop. And that's the point of the parable of the soil. God wants us to bear fruit. All of us. And as Jesus said, if we get that, we'll get the rest. Can we all stand?